0: It's putting yourself in an international environment where you're not very comfortable in many ways, right? It's something out of your comfort zone. You have to be challenged. And that's something that a lot of teachers can't even teach. You know, it's it's near impossible because it all depends on the student's mindset when they go into this. Also in my job, I think the flexibility
1: and the willingness to... Uh, research and to learn about um, how things work differently that maybe you're not used to. I think that's really beneficial.
2: We definitely learn from each other, especially in group projects. For example, in Group of 5, from different countries, we have to find that flow where everyone is working efficiently.
3: Hello, and welcome to the Student Journey podcast. A collaboration between the University of Groningen, the Hanse University of Applied Sciences in Groningen, and NHL Stenden in Leeuwarden, all located in the north of the Netherlands. We'll focus on why our students chose to study at an international university, what it means to be an international student, whether a diverse environment also means inclusion, and what students need and can expect from their teachers. Our discussions will also include sound bites and quotes from various experts and teachers from the different universities. My name is Isidora Jurisic, and I'll be your moderator for this podcast. Today's episode will be about the third part of the student journey onto the unknown again. Subtopics include personal growing and employability. And now I think we can actually move on to the introductions of our panelists today.
0: Hi, everyone. So my name is Anna. I'm from Australia and I've been studying at NHL Stendon, soon to graduate. And it has been an amazing experience at this university being able to study international teacher education for secondary schools especially focused on international environments. So it's been wonderful. Hello, my name's Emmy. I came here seven years ago as an
1: international student from the UK. I came here to do my master's in journalism. I graduated five years ago now. And since then, I've been working full time at the university, half the time at the Language Centre as a translator and editor, and half the time at the Diversity and Inclusion Office as a communication advisor.
2: Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Lisa, and I'm from Russia, and currently I'm studying at Hansa at International Business, and I really like environment here and a hands-on approach there, which I found really, really beneficial, especially for my future career. We can start with our first subtopic, which
3: is personal growth. What are you taking with you from being part of an international program? And what would you say that you are leaving behind in that experience?
2: Well, I believe I can start. What a really real life here that I can open to new things. Because before, for example, I was living in one country with specific background, and when I moved here, I realized that everyone came here from absolutely different backgrounds, and we get to know to each other. We try new food. We celebrate a new events for example, there is product uh, Easter that was yesterday and also Catholic Easter that was two weeks ago and basically I also invited my some uh, foreign friends to try our food and they really really liked it because we have special cake that they never tried before so that's what I really find fascinating
1: for me uh, it was quite interesting because. I'd done my bachelor's in my home country, so I had the perspective of being a domestic student. And then I came here for my master's and then had the international student perspective, which was completely different. And I think what it gave me was a really a broadening of horizons. It was the first time I considered working, living abroad. Um, I learned so much more about global academia, not just academia in my home country, uh, about working and living as well. I think the thing that I... Would leave behind, or maybe to say it different, that I didn't get as an international student was uh, an in depth perspective of studying here, uh, knowing about certain facilities um, and practical matters that only kind of Dutch students uh, knew about from their family or from just growing up here that they'd learned about naturally that weren't really communicated to us. So that was, that's what I would do differently.
0: Yeah, amazing. And for me, I think an important part from any international experience, whether that be traveling abroad or even living abroad, I think you learn a lot about yourself, especially in terms of tolerance, understanding and empathy. It's so, so important, especially in an international environment. And I feel that you continue to learn in an international program academically But the things that you do outside, which is like socializing and emotional growth is so, so important because no matter where you are, you're always constantly learning. And that's something that when you take that step out of your comfort zone, out of your country of origin, you learn so much more than you never would have learned previously. And I think that something that I would definitely do the same next time would be to partake in every opportunity given to me. Because there are so many opportunities out there, but we just need to step out of our comfort zone and really decide that we're going to try and do that. And it's been an amazing experience over the last few years. And I think international programs are something that is so, so important for personal growth. And
3: I think that something that I would like for us to touch on in this is maybe how you have been able to recognize while you were studying and in the classroom, how was it to be part of uh, an international classroom?
1: I think a major aspect is intercultural understanding. Um, When you're in a classroom with people from all over the world, they bring that experience with them into the classroom, so into the class discussions, seminar discussions, and that kind of thing. Um, And it really broadens your view of, kind of the material you're studying, but also things like communication skills, um, future perspectives, uh, norms, and and just ways of kind of communicating and studying and learning and interacting with other people. So personally, that's really benefited me.
0: For me, uh, I found it really interesting in the international classroom because I've suddenly felt so accepted because everyone tends to be international and internationally minded. And that was a really beautiful thing because we were all in the same boat. And as a teacher myself in international schools, I found it so, so important to make sure that the curriculum and all of the teachers are aware of difficulties that students go through because they experiences every day and if they are going through hardships especially being away from home a lot of students get homesick a lot of the time and being in an international environment needs to take that into consideration especially studying in the Netherlands there's a lot of Dutch students as well and most of them that I know all of them are lovely but most of them I know they live at home and they live um, in their safety whereas a lot of international students don't have any family in the country that they're living in and I find that very difficult for a lot of students especially when I'm teaching them and I see how homesick they are and there's nothing really that you can do except to help them get home so that's it's difficult it's difficult for young children. So uh, now I'm just
3: going to briefly introduce the teacher that uh, whose excerpt we're going to be playing Um, so you will be hearing now from Sanne Bosma Uh, who is a lecturer in law, ethics and intercultural competence at the International Business School of the Hanse University of Applied Sciences. Um, uh, She's also a lecturer of intercultural communication and competence for both students and facilitating trainers for colleagues in the area of intercultural competence and didactics.
4: So, again, in short, moments of reflection to deepen understanding of self and others, um, and then also to see with that information possibilities for growth um, and when we are there then as teachers um, to help them um, formulate you know, more specific goals uh, regarding the, the directions that they want to develop in um, and then guide them through that process and give feedback. Uh, I think those are the key moments that would offer uh, growth for students. I think what we would like to have you reflect on or
3: to maybe focus on is really what teachers can do in this regard and how they can affect the classroom that they teach in um, in order to facilitate this kind of personal growth in students in an intercultural setting.
1: I have a specific example, actually. I remember when I studied, we did one uh, research seminar on global journalism which I was really looking forward to because I assumed it would be learning about journalism from all over the world but actually it was mostly kind of analyzing papers that Americans had written about journalism in different countries so it was still only the um, the Western American perspective that we were reading about and a lot of us in the classroom expressed our disappointment about that um, because it's yeah it's not what we'd expected um, and the teacher was really open to hearing about that also, I think because a lot of us came from, or well, myself, I came from, from the West, but a lot of the other students came from, uh, yeah, all over the world. And so they didn't feel heard in that we were in a global journalism seminar, but their kind of knowledge from of journalism from different parts of the world was not being reflected. Um, so that was really a moment to create an open sphere where the students themselves could also add to the learning material. Yeah.
0: In addition to that, I... I think in as being a student teacher as well, and seeing what we need to be teaching multiples perspectives is so important on any issue. say, for example, if you're teaching history, you need to present multiple perspectives and be as neutral as possible because the second that you lead or steer students a certain way, that's not them thinking anymore, that's you guiding them. and that is something that is happening a lot in a lot of schools around the world and it's such an easy trap for teachers to fall into because sometimes they really have strong beliefs and you have to pull back on those strong beliefs in order to truly educate in the most neutral way but it is always difficult for teachers to do but I think yeah all teachers should show multiple perspectives especially when it comes to history especially when it comes to a globalized world in order to increase intercultural sensitivity.
2: As for Perspectives Uh, for international business program. We have a lot of classes with culture about the culture, and throughout two years, we've been learning how the East culture and West culture they differ. And I would say it's completely different. And I'm so grateful that our teachers, they always provide different books where we can learn how to negotiate, for example, in Japan and how it would be better to negotiate in Ireland. That would be a completely different approach. For example, in the East, you have to be more not as polite or it's more about, about... I don't know how to explain, but you have to pay more respect. While here, it's more like occasional daily talk where you can discuss from anything not like like friends but it is you have to be super professional show that you're have pre- certain qualifications to do these negotiations so that's definitely super important
1: one thing i would add if i may what you said about reminded me that kind of even how people talk and interact in the classroom is very different depending on when where your cult where your culture is from so I was quite shocked when I came here that people would call the um, lecturer by their first name and that the lecturers would show up in jeans and t-shirts um, and that you would be able to ask a very critical question uh, and not have to be polite. This was really shocking to me. Um, so I think it's useful for lecturers to have awareness about this, that there might be a quiet student at the back of the classroom that's not saying much. Why is that? Is it because they have nothing to contribute or is it because of their cultural background in the classroom?
2: I have one specific example, oh, not example, but... I noticed, for example, in our culture, when you go to exam or anything like something important, you have to dress more professional: white shirt, uh, black skirt or jeans or pants, whatever. But here, I had an assignment, a Defense, a few weeks ago. And my group, one member of my group, came just in sports suit. While I was like super professionally uh, looked... I wore a white shirt, almost uh, white, uh, black pants, and was like big difference between us. Thank you
3: very much. I think we actually have another excerpt which could be interesting, which is also from Sana, and uh, it really touches, I think, on what you were talking about, kind of creating
4: an internationalized curriculum. So maybe we can have a listen to that. So, what is the content that we provide to our students? What are the books that we assign? And even at our international business school where I'm working, predominantly it's Anglo-Saxon material that we use. And of course, that also relates to the language it's available in, right? So It's a practical element there. But still, it's very much influenced by certain areas in the world. And also that relates to the research that we rely on or the models that we use, etc. So we need to raise that awareness more because it's not always there the awareness um and then so to really try and incorporate different perspectives so that can mean you know really looking at textbooks to make it very practical but also if you involve case studies again there is a tendency to use case studies of western european um or anglo-saxon origin which is providing a very limited perspective, because the audience that you have you know uh, are maybe not even interested to work there later or are just from different areas in the world and they're not they're not included. So to make the education more inclusive would be I think the focus uh, for for internationalizing the curriculum. Is there something in particular maybe that you would like to
3: add to this or maybe give your own? experiences or
0: feedback I would just love to say that um I felt very surprised when I came to the Netherlands and at my course we were given um like none of the books that we had to read for literature were written by men none of them so that is what surprised me so much I was like wow we are being represented and then only one of those females were of Anglo-Saxon origin out of all of the books that we read in English. And that was very different to what I experienced in high school in Australia. And that was something that was just absolutely beautiful. We got to read texts from Nigeria, from Ghana, from South Africa, from Asia. It was just incredible having such a breadth of writers that we could actually experience their stories through. Whereas a lot of Students in high school might not ever get that opportunity, and that makes it very difficult for them to have a more globalized mindset if the books that they're reading aren't from that origin.
1: That's amazing. I'm really impressed that that was included. I know in
0: it was amazing.
1: It reminds me of the academic Sarah Ahmed, who only cites women of color in her latest um, yeah, publications. But I think in my course, for instance, that was really, really missing. Um, also because journalism studies or media studies is quite a new field since the 1950s so you don't have the breadth of um, scholars to cite really and it's very US centric at the moment but I think that should definitely be paid attention to and also in terms of kind of students handing in papers if you're meant to be writing a paper on a specific subject and there's one or two key names that you're expected to include why are we expected to include those key names who is part of the canon of that field I think it's really important to talk about that.
2: That's true, and specifically for cases that Santa mentioned. Uh, from cultural perspective, I found it really fascinating to see how people from other parts of the world basically think and what's the approach to deal with every situation, uh, specifically for example in terms of decision making. Here their approach, you decide it, you go for that. In a Asia, but I remember, I read one case from Chinese company in our cultural book or Indian company, I don't remember exactly. Here, people basically took their time deciding if, if it would apply in terms of their culture or not. And I was like, oh, at some point, I want to implement this approach because I feel like I'm not being rushed. And I'm taking my time. I'm not being stressed. But... At the same time, I feel like I'm losing my time and I have to go for my dreams. Otherwise, it's not going to work out.
3: Thank you. I think we can go on to another excerpt from Robert Kulin. Uh, who has just retired as professor of internationalization of higher education, but is still supervising 10 PhD candidates in the field of internationalization of education at the Center of Internationalization of Education of the University of Harningen Campus Friesland. That was a mouthful. His interest revolves around what internationalization activities or working with the diverse others more generally does to the development of young persons.
5: How can educators make sure that students acquire the appropriate skills, attitudes, cognition and metacognition, as well as behaviours and motivation, to become excellent collaborators? It calls for creating what we call a positive diversity climate, an educational environment in which students can thrive, learn to understand the value of diversity and leverage this for creating superior solutions as members of diverse teams. This also involves giving students the opportunity to see how task-relevant diversity can be used to solve complex problems. Now We've recently done some research dealing with this topic and it's quite clear that when students are primed to understand the benefit of a particular diversity, they will seek it out and work with it in an effective way. Time is too short to explain all that you need right now, but it ought to be reasonably clear that people who are open-minded, for example, will position themselves to hear what others think and adjust their understanding or that people who are empathetic will do their level best to include the opinion of others and treat others in a way as to encourage their participation. Some of the other personality characteristics I mentioned earlier play equally important roles.
1: Um, Personally, I'm quite sceptical of using diversity or exploiting diversity for the profit that it can give us. Um, I think it's more essential to, to... well, I think it's more essential to implement diversity in order to include people in the first place. Um, of course, there are positive side effects of diversity. Um, I think as a university and as a student, well, somebody who studied at university as well, uh, it's really important that during the course, students feel equipped to go, like once they graduate, to go into the outside world with the full un- for the full understanding of how the world works. And you can only really get this kind of understanding if you have a diverse... Curriculum and a, and a diverse, uh, yeah, instruction method.
2: Personally, I really like diversity, especially in group projects, because if we have dilemma, everyone brings their ideas to the table, and we can benefit from that. Because uh, we are from different countries, we have different backgrounds, we have different approach to how we can solve problems. And what I noticed, if everyone is really involved and they bring their ideas, they how they handle with certain um, problems, how they came up with certain solutions, the projects always become one of the best in the class because everyone is fascinated by the idea that not only they want to become academically um, successful, but they also want to be the people That would share their ideas to the world. That's what I think. What I mean is, especially in companies where there is diversity is being promoted, you can discuss it with all the employees during meetings, and. If you have employees from different backgrounds, they always share ideas and you can find one, that idea that involves that idea that everyone brings into the table. And that strategy would be not only beneficial for the company in terms of not profit, but also it would promote um, that in this company you can be heard. And your idea can be sorry, of evaluated by the CEO, for example. From my perspective on the excerpt, I
0: guess, it's a bit difficult. I always think it through um, a teaching brain of like, how do I teach these things? So in terms of like empathy and open-mindedness, of course, we want everyone to be empathetic. We want everyone to be open-minded and I think that's something very difficult to teach in a classroom because we can learn the skills and we can learn how to treat people, but to put it into practice, I think that is based on experiential learning. It's putting yourself in an international environment where you're not very comfortable in many ways, right? It's something out of your comfort zone. You have to be challenged and that's something that a lot of teachers can't even teach, you know, it's, it's near impossible because it all depends on the student's mindset when they go into this. So teachers can be there as role models and they show how we need to present ourselves, but it does come down to the student and how willing they are to learn and how willing they are to challenge themselves.
3: So f- from what I'm hearing is that it's also aside from... So if we have the teaching perspective, some things are fairly difficult to teach. It's mostly the students sort of exposing themselves and being exposed to different kinds of challenges and different kinds of settings. But is there a way maybe to facilitate that throughout education, something that teachers can do to put students kind of in those situations more so um, throughout their education so at different stages perhaps or in different ways i'm kind of curious um because
1: from what i gather most of us are kind of humanities students and in the humanities already and especially then in the international classroom you really learn that there isn't kind of one default or one answer but that you have to come at things from multiple perspectives also global perspectives um and Uh, It's a bit of a shame. It would be nice to hear from someone from, for instance, the hard sciences where you do really have one right answer to know what their take is on that.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah, I think uh, I know a lot of people in science and they're very, very critical and I love it. I wish I could be as critically minded as them, but my brain does not work like that. I think in terms of when young people um, and anybody is feeling shy or feeling... um, really nervous about something or worried in an environment that's very different to theirs, I think grounding yourself as much as you can and teaching the grounding skills to people of like when you feel overwhelmed, it's it's similar to culture shock really when you come to a new country, grounding yourself and learning certain coping mechanisms to be able to know that you can cope with any situation no matter what happens. And that really helps in terms of employability as well. You know, you know that... There are times when everyone feels anxious, everyone feels stressed and something that is really important during that process is feeling okay knowing that emotions are going to fluctuate no matter what. And in different environments, of course, it's going to be inflamed or inflated to a certain extent and that's all okay because we need to know how to experience these things for ourselves and once we go through that, then we have the confidence to move forward past that and to keep on going through those feelings
2: well in addition i believe that it also depends on our personality and if the person truly wants to they will f- try to expose some to challenges no matter what if the person t- wants to resist it's basically only their choice and they either try to their best a little bit to meet new friends new take new habits that would help them to get into the new culture. Otherwise, they can stay, for example, as you said, at the back of the class, stay silent without saying the word, words, word, and basically that's it. that's it.
3: Something that I'm noticing quite a lot in the discussion is that there is quite a lot of kind of interlap between, uh, so personal growth, so sort of how you're growing in an international setting as a person um, and how it's sort of changing you and also how you are changing in a professional setting. So do you think that these go hand in hand? So is it equally as important what happens in the classroom and also what happens outside of the classroom? And then is it also important in that case for institutions to have a hand also in both of those aspects, so both in education and outside of education. I mean, I definitely think they go
1: hand in hand. Um, the way that we're raised, you know, you go to school for the majority of your um, childhood, and then you're in university, and the, or the point of all of this that we're taught is so that you can get a job at the end of it, a successful job. Um, and so I think it's impossible to... Uh, yeah, to separate them. um, I think when you study, you have your future career in mind and the skills that you're taught. I mean, there's an increasing focus on career skills in degree programs in any case. And so I think definitely the skills you're taught and how you are communicating in the classroom influences your professional development and you take it onto your, your job.
0: I think that's something that we're very lucky with Um, In a lot of our courses in the Netherlands that I've experienced is a lot of overlap, especially at applied sciences universities, right, In, in NHL Stenden, for example, and that has helped put the theory into actual practice in a real life professional setting. And those internships and those experiences really helped because I knew I don't learn from just reading a book. It doesn't go in my brain. That's just not how I learn. And by having those experiences physically, like kinesthetically, that has really, really helped because I've met people and you've been put into this setting where you have to be professional. So even if you don't know the professional skills or you haven't even been taught them necessarily, then you need to keep on at least pretending to be professional in those settings when you don't know how to do it. And then after time, you learn. So by, you know, the second, third, fourth year, you're more comfortable with... Being professional in a professional setting, no matter what job that is. But it's also extra difficult when it's in different countries where you have different cultures and there's different levels of professionalism and things that you can't say, things that you can say. And I noticed when I was in an internship in Spain, I noticed how friendly all of the teachers were to the students. You know, they would high five, they would hug them, they would do all of these things. And then when I was teaching in London, for example, we did so many things where it was like, no, you're not allowed to go near the students, you have to keep. 10 feet at all times you know you can't be doing those things and then in spain it's completely normal and that was a big shock for me because they're still being professional just professionalism looks different in different countries
2: what i really like about my program that we always put the theory into our projects and even projects can be simulation of a real world or it could be even the project with a real company that would be really really beneficial for our future career for example we can make a marketing project for a specific company in Groningen or somewhere in the netherlands and so basically we already gained real experience that would be extremely beneficial for my career or for example we had simulation of logistics and it was completely interesting the first time i was clueless because I don't know how to uh deal with the process of logistics uh, by the end i completely understand for example how we can do the safety stock or for example how can we manage our workers it? so it's more 100 percent uh they being work and not only 60 percent so yes yeah, that's basically overlapping and i feel like i'm while I'm studying, I gain the real-world experience and I feel more confident for my future career.
3: Thank you all for, for those answers. Um, I think something that we haven't really touched upon too much, which I think is quite natural because of the fact that we have a very international group here, um, is, well, do all students learn from each other? So here I'm actually asking the question of, are we also including the Dutch students in this conversation. So where do they fit into all of this? Um, Do they also learn similar skills? What kind of interactions do we see? Do we see similar interactions between Dutch students and international students or between international students and other international students? So what does that learning environment look like?
2: We definitely learn from each other, especially in group projects. For example, in group of five from different countries, we have to find that flow where everyone is working efficiently. For example, we can use different frameworks. For example, we can use trial board where everyone is aware of what's happening. Uh, before, before I didn't really know about that because I was like, so I'm working. I know my task. I don't. I don't. I know what I have to do. But after Trello board, uh, spe- specifically in big teams, I become so much more efficient because we have, for example, meeting on Monday. We allocate each other work with what we have to do, and by the end of for example, Friday, we know that we complete with our workflow, so we stick to the deadline, and we are fine. But however, there could be some challenges because f- some people they not so efficient as we wish, and the challenge arise. So we have to find the approach how we can motivate the person to work better, and. There are different solutions to that problem, but we always try to communicate, each other. we always try to be open, and if you don't like something, we just start discussing it. We always open, so we don't uh, keep something behind from the person, for example, we not being like telling that, hey, you're bad because of that, no, we're saying, hey, why don't you work on the project, because it's your task. And then we get to know the person better or what influenced this person also better. And then we try to build a workflow better than it was before.
1: It's quite interesting. So you're saying that Dutch students were really inter- integral to your, your team and, and kind of also learning from different cultures. But in my experience, it was completely the opposite, actually. Um, the The programs were even divided. So I was in the international masters and there was a Dutch taught master that was completely separate. And it was only for d- Dutch-speaking students, and it was taught by Dutch lecturers, and it was about specifically j- journalism in the Netherlands. So I can understand kind of the focus. If you if you really want to go into working as a journalist in this country, it's useful to learn specifically about how it is in this country. Um, but then the the kind of um, we we had shared breaks together sometimes, and you could tell that the the learning method, but also even the culture in the classroom and the things that they were being taught and how they um, communicated with each other and even how their projects were organised was completely different to how we did it from an international perspective. Um, So that was really segregated, I think. And I wonder whether those Dutch students will have had the same kind of international or intercultural experience that we did. I, I doubt it.
0: That's really interesting because I have a similar... Issue, I guess, in my own building with the two different courses. There's the Dutch taught course where only Dutch students are in that course and they're learning to be primary school teachers for the Netherlands. So they learn everything for the Dutch curriculum, right? And then for ours, we have about 50 50. So 50% Dutch students, 50% internationals, including EU and non EU. And it's been so interesting meeting all of the Dutch people because there's so many different provinces and learning about the different provinces and like Friesland and Groningen and Drenthe. And it's been amazing just learning about all of this because before I came to the Netherlands, most people just know Amsterdam and that's it. That's all people know about the Netherlands. I didn't know about all of the group based systems and the collaborative work and the cooperative work, which I'd never experienced before, because a lot of school curriculums don't have that involved. And for me, when I was experiencing this, I feel that the Dutch students do learn a lot from us, if they're in the international program, because you know that they really want to learn about a more globalized setting they want to work in an international environment so I know that I would not have the opportunity to work in the Netherlands as a teacher I wish I would but Dutch is very difficult for me at the moment so I can I can still learn and then hopefully get a certificate at the end of it but it's been really amazing I think that there's so many things you learn from Dutch culture that you can incorporate into your own life and vice versa like say for example the directness in the Dutch culture I adore Because I've experienced a lot of things where um, people would like to, I guess, beat around the bush. They wouldn't want to get to the point. And I feel it's so productive to just be direct because when you don't take it personally, you know that it's not a personal attack. And it's so interesting to see the differences in all of that because the directness can help work become more efficient and work to become more productive and that's been amazing for me to learn because i have never had that before and i just embraced it i already knew about it before i embraced it and i was i was just so happy with it because then that helps you become more direct when you learn the skills to be able to do that and i think that no matter where you go in any country there are things that you can learn from their cultures So that is something that I've definitely learned being here. And I'm sure that they've learned a lot of the international environment around them as well.
3: Thank you. And I think I can also relate a little bit on the directness aspect because, yeah, being from a Slavic country, we take everything very, very personally. So it's kind of any criticism is just an attack on my character. So I I understand also of how you can learn things from other cultures, and then maybe incorporate them into the way that you approach things. But anyway, that aside, uh, I was actually um, interested in hearing your uh, take on this next excerpt from also uh, Robert Kulin from the University of Groningen and from NHL Stendon
5: overcoming all the small but significant hassles of going abroad to study including the uncertainties of academic and personal life in a new environment has impact on the development of these transversal skills so when facing a job interview it would not be a matter of saying oh i've studied abroad but rather I have learned to overcome difficulties to achieve significant tasks. Even when I was uncertain at the outset, I could overcome all the dilemmas I faced.
1: So I have a couple of reflections on the excerpt, um, specifically about how the challenges of uh, moving to a different country and studying abroad affect your personal growth and employability. Um, for me it's been major in terms of personal growth uh, confidence because when you are you don't have the safety net to fall back on Uh, you have to figure out things like facilities finance housing transport you have to figure it all out yourself often in a different language uh, with nobody to kind of fall back on Um, and I think it's a major transferable skill I mean it's something you may also learn it if you study in your home country but I think the specific aspect of doing it in a place that you're unfamiliar with without a safety net is really beneficial Um, you have to be flexible uh, you have to be proactive and find things out yourself Um, that's been really beneficial for me also in my job I think the flexibility and the willingness to uh, research and to learn about um, how things work differently that maybe you're not used to I think that's really beneficial
2: to be honest, from my perspective, when I became a international student, I started loving challenges and exposing myself to new challenges because I could no- I can notice there is was a big growth in terms of my personality because when I came to the Netherlands, I had I would say like nothing <laughs> uh, like I didn't have many friends, I didn't have housing, I do not know how to love things works here. Uh, so yeah, but then I started exposing myself to meeting new friends or for example going out with new friends or getting to know new people, starting new hobbies, uh, for example going to the gym with new people and I noticed that I've become more open-minded and more confident myself and for example when I came here I was a little bit uncertain about how I should start conversation with a new person because what if this person finds what I'm saying rude? But then when I w- when I'm met my class, I felt so free in terms of that everyone also was new here and they also didn't know what's going to happen. So we were on the same boat and I felt more confident that I can find new friends. And now I would say that I'm more confident if I want to move to another country because I'm not scared of that anymore. Uh, because I already have this experience and I would say I really just love it and I want to meet even new more challenges in the future
0: I think that's so beautiful I love that I think it's so important to especially in terms of the extract for example that we were just listening to so it's always difficult and it's always daunting the second you decide to get on a plane and go to a different country it's always daunting and I think that When I was 18, I knew that and I just booked a one-way ticket to London and had no idea what I was going to do. And then I traveled and each country I went to with a different country, a different currency, um, things that you have to learn, you know, you have to look after yourself, you have to look after your safety, you have to learn super quickly is always challenging But I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think that when you get to a new country and you decide to move there, you understand a lot more about all of the paperwork you have to fill out. And it's much easier if you get help from someone who has done it before, which I never had. And I just had to go in here alone, as most of us do, and we have to figure it all out ourselves. And especially in the Netherlands, as it's so densely populated, it's extremely difficult to find accommodation. And a lot of students really, really struggle with finding accommodation. So that can also be an extra challenge put on top of everything else. But every country has their own challenges, whether it be housing, whether it be um, poverty issues, lots and lots of horrible issues that do occur. But what we experience as human beings, especially as females in this room, especially we all understand that there are always going to be more challenges to follow. And the more challenges we embrace, the more we are going to learn and the more likely we are to be employed in the future in an international environment.
1: I would actually like to add on what you have both said, if that's okay. um, To emphasize, I think what we're all saying, like, um, more concrete words as far well as that it makes you really adaptable you can be picked up and dropped in another location and because of the skills that you've learned as an international student you will know how to situate yourself assess your surroundings um, and then learn how to kind of develop in this new environment and like you said about employability i think even when you're if you're starting your first job or if you're changing a job especially you will learn how to kind of position yourself in this new role uh, learn what's expected of you, how to behave in this new environment in a way
3: that's easier because you've had to do it before and you've learned those skills. I hate to do this, but uh, I think we uh, should sort of wrap up and maybe I would like to ask everyone if there is something that you would like to kind of add at the end in terms of if there is something from your wish list, basically, that you would like for your institutions to incorporate, maybe something that was prompted in this discussion that you thought of, oh, this is something that I think uh, educational institutions here could really... Um, incorporate to make uh, progress Um, yeah so if you have any kind of final message maybe everyone has
1: something sure I would say not only inviting internationals here to learn from uh, a Dutch perspective but also to learn from their own um, international intercultural perspectives as well and have that represented in the curriculum in the classroom
0: yeah of course Um, I think one important thing uh, is definitely ensuring that um, non-EU's, non-European students have um, more assistance in certain ways because um, there are less job opportunities in Europe for non-EU students. And I think another part is definitely having alumni students help out the students in terms of international experiences um, and you know, part of the university. So, you know, alumni students coming up and saying, this is uh, my experience in the Netherlands. This is my experience in this course. This is something to expect from a student's perspective can have more effect than a teacher's perspective. And it could be about anything. It could be about employment. It could be about the course. It could be about anything.
2: What I would like to add that I would definitely agree with that. And also what. I think it would be beneficial if the uh, students could have conversation with teachers from different countries and how they started working here because basically teachers go through almost the same uh, path that students have. So I guess if it's like alumni, but also with the teachers would be the best competition for how to become successful in another country, specifically in the Netherlands.
3: I kind of like how the there was uh, y- the final messages of you two kind of almost can go together of like, why don't we have more teachers that are alumni? That sounds like a good idea. So I think that that uh, is, is a nice conclusion to this. So I think we can now wrap up. Thank you all for your contributions. Thank you for listening to our podcast on the student journey. This podcast was produced by Katrin Meissner, Rina Fokkel de Vries, Peter Elting, Marcel van der Poel, Carol Fuller, Estelle Maima, Justine Jones, and Xiaoming Xu. We'd like to thank Wim Brons of Vlachland Communicatie for his technical assistance and the Teaching Academy Groningen for their support. Please also listen to the other episodes of our podcast. There are three in total for you to explore. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please rate and review it.